Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Amen. Well, it is good to be here in Alaska. I am freezing, praise the Lord. I think I need to bring some of Hawaii weather over here, but I think that would result in more ice, so that wouldn't be good. Uh, but it is a joy to be back here. Uh, it's been, I think, two years since I came last time. And can I tell you, God has done amazing things. Since I was here last time, we are now in 16 nations as KC. We have over 225 extensions internationally. It's amazing. And in fact, you can go and look on kcworldwide.org and find out all the things that we're doing. God is expanding our territory and he is using you. In fact, last year before COVID hit, I think I hit every single nation and uh, it was intense, but I'm still alive and I'm ready to go again. Come on. As soon as COVID is pow, I'm out. <laughs> Open up your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 12. It is such a wonderful blessing to be with Pastor, Pastor uh, Karen. She's phenomenal. Would you give it up for her? And Pastor Daniel, they do such an amazing job, and it's a privilege to be here. I want to be just like them, that's for sure. Romans chapter 12 to the verse that we all know and love. Therefore, verse 1, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy, pleasing unto God, for this is your true uh, proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I pray for an anointing now to be upon me. Come on, just begin to pray all across this place. Lord God, give me the words to speak. Give us a revelation of your word. I pray for your people, even those that are watching online, that your word would come and dwell in their hearts. God, that you would break off every condemnation, every lie of the enemy, and that there would be breakthrough and freedom in this place. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and move upon your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I was a senior at Oral Roberts University, and I was just finishing up my bachelor degree in pastoral ministry. And I had gone to the mailbox, and I was on my way to my room. I'm telling you all the details because it's still marked in my life. I can tell you exactly where I was when I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. And he said, Janelle, you need to go get your master's in counseling. I was like, no, Jesus, no, I'm tired of school. I am done. I was in total senioritis, totally. Um, and I did not want to go into counseling. Uh, in all of my theology classes, I got A pluses. In all of my counseling classes, I got C's, barely. I made it through. It was the grace of God. And I was like, Lord, why are you calling me to get my master's in counseling? I can't do this, God. And he says, no, I want you to go get your master's. And so I began to plead with the Lord. Lord, please 
can you give me just a year? Please give me a year off. Can I just rest? I hate school. Please, just a year off, God. Please, please. And uh, God allowed me to go home, and I became a uh, teacher at our Christian school there in Maui. And by the end of the year, I was pleading with the Lord once again, please, Lord, get me out of here. <laughs> please send me back to school. I can't handle these kids anymore. Lord Jesus, please help me. Please help me. <clears throat> and God was gracious. <laughs> And I got out of there, hallelujah, and I went and got a double master's degree in counseling, uh, and then now I'm currently over the world in the international churches, and I oversee all of them and go and help build and train and lead, and God has been gracious, and now I'm working on my doctorate. I'm almost done by the grace of God. Hopefully in May I graduate, hallelujah. If you pray for me, if, if it's all on you, you got to pray for me, okay? <laughs> but... It has hampered me many times in my life thinking about that moment at Oral Roberts University when the Lord spoke to me to go get my master's. And at many times the, the devils come in to bring lies and say, if you would have just not gone home for a year and you would have gone to the other school that you were supposed to go to, maybe your life would have been different. Every time there's a hardship that happens, oh, man, if I had just gone there, maybe I didn't hear the word of the Lord. Oh, I, I'm not in God's perfect plan. How many of you have experienced that before? Decisions that you've made, if I only, if only, if only. And that happens. And it's uh, something that has plagued me over and over and over again. And any, any decision I make, oh, I shouldn't have gone down that road because I went down this road and I got in a car accident. And I shouldn't have done that. Man, I didn't hear the word of the Lord. I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have done that. And when I began, God began to speak to me about this passage of Scripture. In fact, the words God's good, pleasing, and perfect will had started to come over and over and over in my mind for almost two months. And I began to research this whole passage and looking at the theology of the day of the permissive versus the perfect will of God. That if we're doing the perfect will of God, somehow everything will be amazing. And if it's not amazing, it was God's permissive will. And we take that to mean our marriages, oh, I shouldn't have married that guy. I shouldn't have married that woman. It's horrible. <laughs> Oh, I shouldn't have gone to this school. I shouldn't have bought this house. It's all fallen apart on me. I shouldn't have come to this church or that church. It must have been the permissive will of God. Can I tell you that that is bunk? That is false theology that has gone throughout the church. Nowhere in the word of God does it talk about his permissive will. God gives us choice. And we can follow our choice or his choice, but it is not his permissive will. God's will is that none should perish and all have eternal life. God's will is good for you. We can know the will of God. We can know his purpose. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, something that we all know and love. What? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. It is possible to know the will of God. It is possible to follow in his will. Can I get an amen? 
And I know this church, we have, you have prophetic conferences every year. And knowing the word of God, knowing the will of God, knowing the prophet and the word of God spoken of your life helps us all to move forward in God. So how do we know God's will? Well, first we have to know his primary will. What is his primary will? Number one is salvation. That none should perish and all come to repentance. It says in 2 Peter 3, 9. God's primary will is for people to get saved. Can I get an amen? Romans 10. How will they know unless we tell them? Can I ask you a question this morning? Is it God's will for you to witness to your neighbor? Yes. Is it God's will for you to witness to your enemy? Yes. Every time when I get on that airplane, I'm like, Lord, is it your will for me to minister to this person next to me? Yes. Always, without a doubt. I remember this one time I was flying. I don't remember where. <laughs> don't ask me. I was flying, and there was a woman next to me and another guy over there, and I was praying, Lord Jesus, give me the words to speak. I'm just like you. I don't know what to say because every time it's different because you're ministering to people, and God has a word specifically for that person. And I began to pray. And finally, I, uh, God gave me a way to get in there and to tell them about Jesus. And so I began to witness to her. And she goes, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm like, oh, great, awesome. And we started talking about Jesus. And she was a nominal Christian, not a full hungry for God Christian. And then all of a sudden, the guy next to her joins in our conversation. He hasn't said anything. He hasn't even greeted us the entire flight. And by the end of the flight, he finally turns and talks to us. And guess what? He was a pastor. Did he try to witness to her? No. In fact, I was the one, hey, what about you? And do you know Jesus? You got two Christian ladies here who love Jesus. Do you know about Jesus? And he's like, oh, I'm a pastor. I'm like, dude, you should have been witnessing to me. And yet we think, oh, well, I don't want to ruin their lives. I don't want to mess it up. Especially now with COVID, you can't even talk to people. It's driving me crazy. But it's God's will that none should perish. It's God's will to witness to people. It is God's will for us to be used of him. It says in Matthew chapter 5, God wants you to bring his kingdom on this earth. That is God's primary will. It's not a secondary, it's not a third, it's not at the end of the list, no. God's will is to bring his kingdom upon this earth. God's will is for us to be used of God. In fact, Jesus says, you will do even greater things than me. But did you know it's also God's will, his primary will, that you enjoy life? That's what Jesus says in John 10, 10, that I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly, life to the full. In fact, it says in 3 John 1, 2, that he wishes above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. You see, God wants you blessed. God wants you fruitful. God wants to use you to advance his kingdom upon this earth. That is God's primary will. That is unquestionable. God wants us to walk in his will and his purpose for our life. So how do we do the will of God? 
How do we live our life as it says in Matthew 6.10? God, your kingdom come, your will be done upon this earth as it is in heaven. Well, the Lord showed me this passage in Romans chapter 12, and he gave me a three-step process on how to know the will of God, to do the will of God. So I hope you're taking notes this morning because I'm going to give you a whole bunch of scripture because that is our power, is the scripture of God. How do we do the will of God? Number one, according to this passage, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. How do we do the will of God? Number one, we die. Smile at somebody and say, die. <laughs> Don't kill them, but just say, die. There you go. We die to ourselves. That is how we do the will of God. We follow after what Jesus said in Matthew 28, where he, 26, where he says, Father, not my will be done, but your will be done. Jesus had to die to himself, die to his flesh in order to die for us. We follow the same way. If we're going to follow God's will, we've got to die to ourself. The Apostle Paul talks uh, all about the self. In fact, he talks a lot about the sinful nature and the deeds of our flesh, which is pride and anger, rage, lust, lying, cheating, abuse, fear, manipulation, control, that desire for more, more, more. I need, I need, I want, I want. That is what we see every single day on TV and on the Internet. What we need, what we want. It is a building up of self. Now, I heard it said that whichever dog you feed the most is the dog that will win the fights. In Hawaii, we, we have chickens, and whichever chicken you feed the most, it's called a cockfight. And they, they do it all over the place. And maybe it's the same way here. Whichever wolf you feed, no, buffalo you feed, <laughs> as Pastor Kirsten says, whichever pig you feed the most, it will soon become bacon. No, no, no. <laughs> but whatever you feed the most, whatever you give power to the most, will rule your life. So if you're allowing your flesh to rule, it will rule your life. Now, how do we die to the flesh? Well, how many of you know early morning prayer is important? Okay, three hands raising up. How many of you know it's God's will to go to early morning prayer? Okay, so why don't we do it? Because of our flesh. Because we're tired and we don't want to get up. And we stayed up late the night before watching movie or cleaning the house. And so we don't want to do it. Which one? One. Ourself. That's why we've got to die daily. Die to ourselves. You know, what grieves me, and I've seen it throughout my whole year, and I've lived and grown up in the church, is when people take a break from ministry. You see their lives begin to transform in the negative sense because self becomes Lord. And, and they may have been exhausted and done a lot of things, and I totally understand the rest. But when they step out of ministry, all of a sudden, the enemy and the self takes rulership. And they may be in church every single week, but sooner or later, you'll see them less and less in church, and their lives becoming consumed by the things of this world. It happens every time because our self is so strong. 
That's why we have to constantly feed our spirit every single day, praying, every single day, reading our Bible, because it is easy. Oh, it is easy. I was visiting my sister in, uh, in Springfield, Missouri, and they don't have midweek services uh, at her church at that time. Right now they're leading a work in Ozark, and now they have services all the time, praise the Lord. But no place in the entire area had church on a Wednesday night. And I went to service on Sunday. I went to service on Sunday. Well, I couldn't do Sunday night because they didn't have services Sunday night. But I went to church on Sunday. And can I tell you, by Thursday, even though I was praying, I was reading my Bible, by Thursday, I was ready to kill people. I was like, what just happened? Why am I yelling at everybody? This is not Janelle. Yeah, that's Janelle. Yes, that is herself coming out. You see, being in the presence of God, even those of you who are watching online, I'm so glad you're watching online. But there's something about being in the presence of God that slaps ourself upside the head. If we're going to follow the will of God, we must die to ourself. You see, there are many wills in the world. There's your will. There's my will. There's Pastor Karen's will. There's Pastor Bracken's will. There's Dr. Morocco's will. But there's your will. There's the devil's will. There's God's will. And if we allow our flesh to win, our flesh will will become stronger than our spirit will. And we will not recognize God's will. And we will be misled. To do God's will, we must, number one, what? Die to self. But number two, we see what the Apostle Paul writes in this passage. Look at what it says in verse two. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. In order for us to walk in the will and do the will of God, we must renew our mind. That word translated uh, of transformation is actually the word in the Greek metamorphosis, which is like a butterfly. It is from the worm to the butterfly. Completely different. They look different. They live different. One lives up in the air. The other lives on the ground. That is the concept of transformation. Now, have you ever seen a butterfly go back into the cocoon to be a worm again? No. Even if you remove the wings from off of the butterfly, will it still be a worm? No. It'll be a dead butterfly. <laughs> you see, that is what God has called us to be, is transformed. Never going back, completely different in our mind and in our life and our will, our emotions. But sometimes we have in the church today salmon. They love the water. And every once in a while, they'll jump out of the water, and they'll seem like they're different for a split second. But then they go back into the water. Right? And they think, oh, well, I'm changed. I'm different. I'm out of the water. No, no, no. They go right back in. Or the fly fishers who come, and they fly for just a moment, and then they go back in. Now, that is not transformation. That is jumping. God does not call us to be salmon or fly fish. God calls us to be like butterflies, to be completely and totally transformed. We've got to be transformed by the renewing of the mind, our intellect, our feeling, our ability to judge something. It's the wisdom that God gives, not man's wisdom, but God's wisdom. 
James 1, 5, and if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally. Why? Because he knows that it comes from our mind. You see, change starts in your mind. I've got a double master's degree in uh, counseling, and I have counseled people for over 17 years. If you can grab it in your mind and understand it, it will make your way to your heart and your emotions and then to your actions. Time and time again, if we're led by our emotions, we will fall. But if we're led by our mind and what we know to do and we keep doing it, we know the word of God, we plan it in our lives, every single time it will lead us back to God. If we can change this. Can I tell you, no matter what I've gone through in my life, whether it was a season of depression that I had to go through when I was in school, the only thing that saved me out of that was the word of God. And every time I thought of bad things and saying, God doesn't care, God doesn't love me, this situation, all of a sudden scriptures would come back to my mind. Whenever I have to face demons <laughs> in my room as I'm traveling, oh, Jesus, what comes back to me? The scriptures, the word of God. And I fight the demons with the word of God. Sickness in our bodies. Do we fight according to what we're feeling? No, because what we're feeling is a failure and we're going to die. But if we go according to the word of God, and by his stripes I am healed. Heal me, O Lord, and I am healed. Save me, O God, and I am saved. For you are the God I praise. It was several years ago, uh, I had a spot on my back, and I thought it was a spider bite that we get in Olinda. We get lots of spiders. And I thought, oh, I think it's a spider bite, but it didn't go away, and it was itchy. And I showed my dad because my mom wasn't there, and he's like, oh, you got to get that checked out. Went to the doctor, and they said, you have shingles. And it was right before prophetic conference in which I lead prophetic conference. <laughs> I'm the one that put it all together at that time. And uh, I couldn't get out of my room. I was in immense pain. And the doctor says, oh, this might last several months. And nothing, I, I couldn't hardly wear clothes because anything that touches my skin on my whole right side, I was freaking out because it hurt so bad. I said, Lord, you are my healer. And all of a sudden, all the scriptures on healing started coming back to my mind. And I had to grab a hold of the word of God. No matter what I felt externally, I had to grab the word of God and say, Lord, heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. I began to say it over and over and over again. By the end of four days, right before the prophetic conference, all of the pain was gone. It was a miracle. I've told people who have shingles, they said, that is a miracle. It never goes away that quick. It was God, and he healed me. See, God is our healer, and how do we know that? By his word. This is not just a nice little book. This is your truth and your life. This is the thing that will change your life and will draw you to do the will of God. James 3.17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. That is the word of God in our lives. Philippians 4.8, finally, brother, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute. If there's anything praiseworthy, what? Think on these things. 
You see, God wants us to be renewed in our mind. That allows us to follow his will and allows us to be transformed. Never the same. But thirdly, we see, how do we do the will of God? Number one, we what? Die to self. Number two, we renew our mind. And number three, we test it. Look at what it says there in Romans. Then you will be able to test and approve. Now, as I began to research this whole concept, you know, those two months that this word kept coming over and over and over again, I thought, oh, it's a, it's a progressive way that we can be changed, uh, knowing the pro progressive will of God, that the good builds into the pleasing and then it builds into the perfect. And it was this false idea that, that uh, self had come up with which we all do that, and I'm a pastor, and I have done lots of study in theology, okay? And yet self can try to get what we want to get out of the Bible. Isn't that true? We hear it all over Christian radio station and radio TV and all that kind of stuff on Facebook. Oh, I've been listening to this person. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that the word of God or is that them? Yikes. <clears throat> And so I began to study what it actually means. And you know what it actually means. It's not a progressive thing. It is a test to know the will of God. How do we know the will of God? Yes, we die to ourselves. We do it, the will of God. We die to ourselves. We're renewing the mind. But we also test our situations. We test it before the Lord. This is your test. Is it good? Is it pleasing before the Lord? And is it working towards completion? First of all, is it good? God is a good God. All of his plans are good. Matthew 12, Jesus speaks to us out of the good, the good out of the man will bring forth the good treasure that is in his heart. And it will bring forth good things. There's a common tread of the goodness of God being coming down upon this earth. Is it good? Is God's will good all the time? Is it selfish? No. Is it self-pleasing? No. Does it bring confusion? No. <laughs> Does it undermine authority? No. You see, God's will is always for the good. Now, Dr. Morocco, as he's come in, he's spoken here many times, and many of you know him personally. Whenever he gets on the phone with his staff, the last thing he says is, be good. And he doesn't do that just for his staff. I was raised with that. And he would always say, okay, Janelle, be good. That's like his final thing. Rather than, I love you, you're so amazing. No, no, no. Be good. And finally, when I was... Uh, in graduate school, <laughs> I came home, I, I confronted my dad, because he's like, oh yeah, Janelle, be good. I'm like, I am good. I am holy. I am righteous. I am moving toward God. Stop telling me good, because I already am good. Leave me alone. Come on, kids. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, help me. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. And he says, well, yeah, I can understand that, but there, the Bible's full of us doing good and being good. 
And in fact, just recently, he did a part of a KSM teaching on the characteristics of a godly leader. And he began to expound on what the Apostle Paul teaches on being good and how it is a formation of a Christian leader and as a Christian that we are called to be good. And I was, um, I was corrected by the Lord. <laughs> and now what do I do? I tell people, be good. Why? Because that's a characteristic of God and a characteristic of who we are called to be. But is it good? Is it good to do? Is it good for your family? Is it good for your spouse? What if we became the good people? And I know in the old days they called, oh, you're a Christian, you're a goody tissue, two-shoe, two, whatever. Not tissues, not like blow your nose, tissues. But are you, oh, you're a good, you're a do-gooder. Oh, you're a do-gooder. Yes, that is what we are called to do. Say thank you so much. That's what I want to be. Because that is part of the will of God is that we do good and be good. In fact, that's how we can test his will. Is it good? Is it good for you to get a pay raise? Yes. Is it good for you to walk in healing? Yes. <laughs> you see, God wants to pour out his good through us. I was traveling through the Philippines. It was on my second missionary journey, I guess, like the Apostle Paul. It's my second time to the Philippines. And I was uh, jumped in a cab and ran to the airport. And there was a little boy on the side of the road that was uh, begging and he was very skinny, and I felt convicted. I wanted to do something. But the driver said, don't, don't give them any money because they have a, uh, a drug dealer that comes and takes the money from them. So any money you give them, it's going to go straight to drugs. So don't give them any money. But I wanted to do good, and I had a banana. So I gave him my banana. You know, sometimes we say, okay, well, if I give to this person, it's going to go straight into drugs or it's going to go and it's going to continue their bad lifestyle. But what can we do to do good? What if we as Christians, instead of going, oh, somebody else will do it, what if we become the doers and we do good? Whatever we can do, do good. There's one passage of scripture that I don't really like. It's in James chapter 4, 17. I, I really wish James hadn't written this one. Like if there was a passage that I'd like to black out of the Bible, <laughs> it's this one. To him who knows to do good and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. Most of my repenting is because of this passage. Lord, I should have done that. I should have done that. Lord, I repent. I shouldn't have said this. Lord, I should have done this. Lord, forgive me. Wash me clean. Help me. That's why I don't like to go to Ross. I love Ross, but I don't like to go there. Because why? There's always clothes on the ground. And every single, it drives me nuts. Every single time I hear the voice of the Lord, to him who knows to do good. What would be good? Picking up the clothes and hanging them back on the rack. It's not my job. But that would be good. That would be good. You see, God has called us to do good, be good, and test his will by good. Now, let's say you haven't done good. 
Maybe you made some bad decisions that were based on self. Maybe things from the past, whatever you've sown in the past that you're reaping now. And you're like, Lord, you got to help me. That's why I love Romans chapter 8, 28. That God will work for the good to those who love him and who are called according to his will. You are called according to his will. And when we repent, now we get to walk in the goodness of God. God, I don't know how you're going to turn this for good, but I know you're going to turn this for my good. Test it. Is it good? But secondly, does it please God? Not only is it good, but does it please him? Philippians chapter 4, verse 18, Apostle Paul is talking to the church in Philippi, and he talks about their offering, that it is a pleasing aroma before the Lord. Giving is pleasing God. When you sow, God is pleased by it. When you sacrifice for the kingdom of heaven, God is pleased by it. 2 Corinthians 5.9, make it your goal to please him. Ephesians 5.10, find out what pleases God. What pleases him? What if we lived our life, yes, we do good. Yes, we say, well, is it good for our family? Yes, is it good for our marriage? Is it good for our church? But then it goes to the next level of pleasing him. How can I please God more? Whatever action we do in our life can be pleasing to God. We test it according to God's standards, not ours. Pastor uh, Bruno and Pastor Heather, I know Pastor Bruno comes here every year for prophetic conference. He is our pastor there in Chile. They're doing a great work. We have seven extensions there. And uh, they've been hit hard by this whole COVID thing. Everything's shut down. They're not able to meet even at all. Um, but they decided to do good. And so they got a whole bunch of boxes of groceries and food, and they would go to people that needed it, even family members of people that come to the church, and they would go and deliver it to them. And can I tell you what God did? God was pleased by their good works, and God showed up. There was multiplication miracles time and time again where a bag of rice that should have only lasted a week lasted two or three. Then it didn't stop. God's miracles, healing, salvations online, because they chose to do good, they showed God their desire to please him. No matter the sacrifice, they continued to please the Lord, and God showed up in power. We've got to find out what pleases God. But thirdly, will it move us on to completion? That word uh, there in the Greek for the perfect will is actually wholeness or completeness. Now, doing the will of God, will it move you on to do more for him? Will it move you on to perfection? Yikes. I don't like that term. <laughs> Because none of us are perfect yet. And if you're perfect, you're probably on your way to heaven right now. No, because we're human and we're faulty. But God doesn't leave us there. He always moves us on from glory to glory, as it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18. From faith to faith in Romans chapter 1.17. God is always moving us forward. James, of course, James chapter 1, verse 4. 
Oh, I don't like it. But he works in us patience that moves toward perseverance so that we can be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Second Peter 1.5 says, add to your faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control. Even Jesus in Matthew 5, he says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. How many perfect people in this house? Not me. <laughs> None of us are perfect. But we're moving toward completion. We're moving toward perfection. And that is how we can judge the will of God. Is it good? Is it pleasing the Lord? And is it moving me forward in completion to his plan and to his purpose? One of the women that uh, are a part of our KC Worldwide and a part of KC is a woman called Kaulana. Pastor Kaulana, she is an amazing woman. She's Hawaiian. But did God call her to the Hawaiians in Hawaii? No. God called her to Mozambique, Africa. How crazy is that? How many of you have been to Mozambique? One person. It is dog ugly. It is dirt and more dirt. And I was there in the rainy season and it was still dirt. And the houses are built with dirt. And people eat dirt. In fact, we went to one of the villages and um, they had a big feast celebrating me coming. And you know what most of the kids ate? Dirt. <laughs> they would be walking on the ground, crawling on the ground, eating dirt. Disgusting. But yet she has gone there and she's like, I want to do something for God. Hey, this place needs the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to do something for God. And it started out with just a small life group, and now it's grown. We have four extensions there. And she's just completed. It's almost completed. We need about $5,000 more. But completed our new church there in Mozambique. You can go on our website. I'm going to upload the photos this week. But God is doing great things. But what if she had said, oh, you know what? I'm Hawaiian. I'm going to stay in Hawaii. That's good. That's enough. I'm older. I can handle. My kids are all raised. They can do something for God. No. I want to do something for God. Something for God. One of our pastors, his, his name was Pastor Alcantara from the Philippines. He was 80 years old. And he was about ready to die in the Philippines. And Dr. Morocco uh, knew of him, and he had actually worked for my grandfather. And he called him on the phone and said, would you come to Maui to help me at 80 years of age? He said, okay, that sounds good. That will please the Lord. All right, I'm coming. So he came, and he started our Filipino ministry. He lived till 106. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can do the will of God. Let's say you failed and you did horrible. In fact, the past 60 years has been full of mistakes after mistakes after mistakes. I got good news for you. God is not done with you yet. In fact, because of Pastor Alcantara, we have over 98 extensions in the Philippines. We have extension Filipino services in almost all of our churches in Hawaii. And can I tell you something that's super cool? Their next plant is planning to go to Jerusalem and starting a Filipino church there. They're amazing. Why? Because someone believed that God's will wasn't done for them at 80 years of age. 
that they could do something for God. Pastor Josh Morocco, a phenomenal man of God, my brother, I love him. But he preached a sermon and he said this statement that has resounded in my heart. He says, God doesn't judge you halfway through your life. He judges you at the end of your life. So let's say you've messed up a lot already. We all have. But God's not done with you yet. The purpose and the plan that he has spoken over your life can be fulfilled. And it can move forward no matter how old, no matter how young, no matter what you've gone through. How many marriages, how many failures, how many drugs and alcohol. It doesn't matter. Because God's will can be done in you. Can I get an amen? Amen. You see, it's time to walk in the will of purpose of God's life. That is one thing I love about King's Cathedral and chapels. <laughs> We're constantly moving forward. Even if it's crazy, like 500 extensions in the middle of COVID-19. How we're going to do it, I don't know, but we're going to do it. Constantly moving forward. Why? Because God's will is that none should perish. God's will is that his kingdom come on earth. And even greater than that, God's will is that to use you. God's will is to use you to advance his kingdom. But are you willing? You see, that's the first step of the whole thing. is dying to our will and choosing God's will. Whatever you've come from, wherever you're going, you got to break the lies of the enemy and the condemnation of the enemy saying you can't do anything for God. We get stuck in the place of blame where we blame uh, this person's decision or this accident or our parents or our kids. And if only they would have done that, if only this and if only that. And we get into this place of condemnation. And the enemy comes at us again and again saying you can't be used of God because you did this. That is not the will of God. The will of God is he's going to turn it for his good, for your good. He's going to turn it around. But we must come to the place of submitting our will to him, to testing his will and renewing our mind. Amen? With every head bowed, every eye closed all across this place. There are some of you in this house who say, Pastor, I've known the Lord, but I've been doing my own will. But tonight and today, I want to come back to the Lord. I want him to be my Lord and my Savior. I'm going to submit my will to him. There may be some of you even that are watching online who don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But this is your moment. This is your moment to come back to the Lord. For his will is that you don't perish. His will, he doesn't want anyone to go to hell. He wants you blessed. He wants you fruitful. But you must choose him. With every head bowed, every eye closed all across this place. And say, Pastor, I want to know Jesus or I want to come back to Jesus. I want you to lift your hand right now all across this place. And I'm going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I see that hand. Everyone stand to your feet. And everyone lift up your hands before the Lord. The Bible says if you believe and confess then you shall be saved. You believe on Jesus. You receive the gift of salvation. You can be saved. So I want you to repeat this prayer after me, but I want you to mean it with all of your heart and all of your life. That will bring forth salvation. Ready? Let's pray. 
Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean today. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I choose today to follow after you, to submit my will to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a big clap offering today. Now, in just a moment, we're going to have time of prayer. But I want to do something. You may be seated. In your bulletin, or I think the ushers have it, are these cards of KC support. Uh, and this goes to KC Worldwide, your missions organization. Now, on there is a QRL code. You can scan that with your phone, and it will take you immediately to our kcworldwide.org page. And there you can see and meet all of our pastors and our leaders. I put everybody on there so you can pray for them specifically. If you want to specifically support different ministries, you can follow that link. But right now, I want you to have an opportunity to sow into the world. Now, let me tell you what's going on. Especially this COVID-19, everything is shut down. But in the Philippines, they just experienced five typhoons. Yeah. In one of our churches, we just put a roof on, <laughs> and that roof is now on the ground. So we got to pray for them and help them. It's crazy what has happened. But we need to help them. Our 98 churches, we need to have 150 churches there in the Philippines. But we've got to raise support for the pastors and for the leaders. Uh, in Vietnam, many of our pastors in the north uh, lost their homes in the flooding time about a month ago. About a month and a half ago that happened. And that also includes the churches because they meet in their homes. And that's where they are outreaching to the community. Can I tell you what God did? It was so cool. I don't know if I'm supposed to share this online or not, but I'm not going to tell you where it was. One of our churches, they wanted to start an extension in Vietnam. And they had raised funds to build a church building. And then COVID struck. But they had favor with the mayor in that city. And the mayor allowed them to continue building the church. Nothing else was open. No stores. Nobody else was allowed to go outside. But the church could be built. And the entire neighborhood came to help the church be built. These are unsaved communist people come to help build the church of God. And I saw some pictures. And guess what? Marble floors. Beautiful. Well, that's like cheaper than wood there, but <laughs> absolutely phenomenal. And then we had a uh, celebration and gave out rice, and God multiplied the rice as they gave it out. And people were saying, where did you get all this rice? And they said, oh, from heaven. Instead of manna from heaven, it was like rice from heaven that God supernaturally provided. God is expanding us. In Spain, they've been shut down for nine months. They haven't been able to even meet. They're online, but the church needs help there. Italy, we're trying to expand and do another extension. In Mexico, in fact, I shared in the first service, I think there's about seven more nations that want to be a part of Kings. Isn't that crazy that people are coming to me and saying, hey, we want to go plant a church. What? Hey, we want to be a part of KC. What? How is that even possible? So we got to pray that COVID opens up stops so that I can go and I can go train people.
But your giving makes a difference. In fact, your giving helps to support all of our pastors and all of our ministers worldwide. But it also supports missionaries through the Assemblies of God and through other go-to missions and other missionary uh, services that we support these on an individual basis. So I want you to give. And I want you to give big. And I want you to commit to giving. Once a month, we're going to be taking a missions offering once a month. And I want you to give. Because your giving is making a difference. We're already in Brazil. We have seven churches in Brazil. Wow. God is doing great and mighty things. In Mozambique, I already told you that. And in New Zealand, Tahiti, Tonga, Fiji, Marshall Islands. We are touching the world. Isn't that crazy? From Alaska, you are investing in nations. And it's not somebody else's organization that you don't know what's happening. No, no, no. This is KC. I meet with them every week and find out what they're doing. And they're doing amazing. I'm so proud of these men and women. So let's give. Ushers, can you help me? Offering envelopes. I want everybody to give something. And I'd love for you to commit to give once a month. You can commit $10. You can commit $100 a month. Uh, you can join me. I give $300 a month toward World Missions. You can, if you have enough faith, like Dr. Morocco and Pastor Colleen, they give $1,000 a month toward missions. Let's do something. Maybe you can only give $10 a month. That's awesome. And we're going to believe that God will give you more so that you can give $100 a month. And then God will give you more so you can give $300 a month. Amen? Amen? Amen. Those of you who are watching online, you can go to Casey, Alaska and give that way. Or you can text to give. Or you can give on the app or on the website. And we're going to give towards world missions today. You can make your checks out to Casey or King's Cathedral. Uh, no, King's Chapel, Wasilla, not King's Cathedral. Sorry, got used to saying that. Casey, Wasilla, and all of it will go into the house. And then out of the house, they're going to give into the missions, okay? So we're going to give. And while you're making out your offering envelopes and your checks, I want you to watch this video about Mozambique. your hand on your offering and let's pray over it. Lord, I pray right now for each person that they're giving today. 
I pray your blessing and your favor would be upon them. I pray for a gift of multiplication. God, that you would funnel resources in them and through them in order to touch the world. I pray, Lord God, even as they sow this seed into the nations, that you would bless them overflowing, that you would bring their family back to you, and that there would be increase upon them. Oh, God, we pray that you would come. Fill them to overflowing. Holy Spirit of God, bring forth your blessing and your favor. May we expand your territory in greater measure. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give together. Truly, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. service I know we had a time limit but second service I want to pray for you if you say pastor I want to know the will of God I want you to come and stand on this side maybe you haven't got a prophetic word you don't you've got questions you, you need a word from the Lord I want you to stand on this side if there are those of you who know the will of God but you've been under a lot of condemnation that you can't be used by God and the enemy keeps bringing lies to you. I want you to come and stand on this area and we're going to lay hands upon you and we're going to pray the prayer of faith and God is going to touch you and he's going to give you revelation and insight. So won't you come? Come on. We're going to pray for you. Those of you who need to leave, Pastor Kirsten is going to do the blessing in just a moment. But I want to take time to pray and lay hands upon you. Praise the Lord. If you want prayer, go ahead and come forward. Those of you that have to go, let me bless you. Lord, bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he cause his face to turn towards you. And may he give you peace. See you tonight. Pastor Janelle will be ministering. If you'd like prayer, I invite you to come on up. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.